Well, once again, thank you so much to all of those who have helped to be a part of our worship service this morning. Uh, for, Lynette, for Lynette Thompson, who was our liturgist today, uh, for Crystal Posey and Jody Brubaker, who offered that beautiful piece of special music, uh, for Gary Brubaker and our praise team, who have uh, led our music as, a, as also with our Wesley Choir, Thank you. And thank you to those who have been a part of our in-person worship services as ushers and greeters and liturgists. Thank you. Uh, if there's ways that you would like to serve either online or in person, please let us know and we'll be happy to get you connected to make sure that there are ways for you to be able to offer your gifts and talents and skills as well. So here we are in the second Sunday of Advent. John Buecher, who is an expert on storytelling and myth, who is the creative director of the Joseph Campbell Institute in California, says this about dawn. He says that dawn is a prophetic image in the sky that tells us something good is coming. Now, Alexander Shia, who is a theologian um, and a storyteller, especially of the nativity story, he says that Christmas teaches us to be a people who know that in every deep dark of our lives, the Christ is born anew and evermore. Darkness is not how the world ends. Darkness marks the time of the beginning again. And so here we are in these, uh, this Advent, the four weeks of preparation for Christmas, preparing for the birth of Jesus Christ. And so in this season, we announce the coming of the sun, the sun, the light rising that we've never seen before. This aurora redefines our relationship with comfort, with control, with creativity, with gratitude, and even with darkness. So today, we'll talk about what this teaches us about control. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, talking about the aurora, the aurora is that time of dawn where light is just beginning to peek through um, this aurora. And aurora has um, strong meanings in many different mythologies. There's some native groups that thought the aurora had healing properties. And so they would bring their sick or uh, folks who were in need of healing to the early morning light for specific healing ceremonies. Now, Roman mythology um, said that the goddess Aurora brought the sun across the sky, and as she did so, she announced the sun's arrival, the coming of the sun. Maybe you've heard or even said the poem, Red Sky at Night, Sailor's Delight, Red Sky in the Morning, Sailor's Take Warning. I mean, even though we might still, we understand a little bit more about the science and, and how sunrises happen and, and gases in the air and all those things, we may understand those a little bit more currently um, around suns and sunrises and sunsets. There's still a certain level of mystery to it. I mean, have you ever just watched a sunrise or a sunset and just felt in awe? Or have you ever watched a, a sunrise or a sunset and just felt so small? Like there's this big universe and there's a creator behind it. 
and I am this finite creature. The sun is coming. And the truth is, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Because have you ever wanted time to stand still? I mean, maybe there has been a moment that you've wanted to last forever, or maybe you've wanted time to move quickly. Maybe you can think of some of those special moments in your life. Perhaps it was a wedding that you just wanted that moment to last forever, or the birth of a child, and you just wanted those few early moments to last. Or maybe it was a graduation or another special occasion that you just wanted time to stand, stand still. Maybe you can think about grief and in grief you just wanted to fast forward through this time until you just felt whole again. Can't we just skip to the good parts? Or a moment of delight when you'd like to just hit pause and stay there for just a few more minutes and soak up every beat in your soul until it fills you up. And the thing about the sun rising or the sun setting, we can't control it. It happens whether we're ready or not. It happens whether we want it or not. It also happens whether we see it or not. Just because you wake up after the sunrise doesn't mean that it hasn't risen. Or you go to bed before the sun sets doesn't mean it won't. It happens every day, it happens every night. We can't make it rise sooner or rise later. We can't make it set sooner or set later. We have no control over the sun. All we have is the ability to announce it. It's coming. The sun is coming. And that's what John the Baptist does in our passage for today. He's announcing the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the sun, the one who will make the crooked path straight. Every valley will be filled, every mountain and hill be made low, the rough ways made smooth. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. This announcement is made um, by John after Luke tells us about the world that they live in, the political climate of the time, by naming who the political leaders were of the time, and by naming them, there would also be a sense of who they were, their cruelty, the ways that their policies were oppressive, the ways that they were received. Oh, you know, when Emperor Tiberius was in charge, Oh, yeah, we remember those times. Oh, you know, when Pontius Pilate was in charge? Oh, we remember Pilate. Naming these people and the knowledge of the Roman Empire reminds people that they weren't in charge. They really had no control. 
but there was one who was coming. And that one, that one did. That one does. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Let's have some confession time. Who likes to be in control? Okay. Okay. Um, now, if you didn't raise your hand or you didn't acknowledge that, but you looked around the room and you have other people in there who just kind of looked at you, you like to be in control. Or if, you know, after the service, maybe you call up a friend, you think, you just ask, do I like to be in charge or in control? And they say, oh no, probably you do. Now I have, uh, admittedly, I was writing my sermon for this week and I was just having a hard time with it coming out. It was just, I just couldn't have anything. Um, to I wasn't having anything to write down. And so I was telling Stephen this and he said, oh, well, what's your sermon on this week? And I said, well, it's the Aurora, the coming of the sun and, and how it challenges and changes our relationship with control. And he went, oh, makes sense why you can't write it. I said, uh, excuse me, don't tell me that I have a problem with control because I don't have a problem with control. Say it, say it right now. I don't, maybe we all do. I think that we all actually do like a little bit of control uh, to a certain degree. I mean, think about your house. Do you have your thermostat, a thermostat set at a particular temperature or does it just be whatever it needs to be? Do you set an alarm to wake up for a particular time or whatever time you wake up is fine no matter what you have on your agenda for the day? Do you like things just so? Whatever happens, happens. Because to a certain degree, we all like to have some kind of order. We all like to have some control over our life. And throughout this pandemic, we have been reminded often about how we're not in control of everything. And that's not even about particular policies that you may agree or disagree with or um, what decisions have been made and how to respond to the pandemic, although that could certainly be part of it. But I think that's what one of the things that has made this pandemic so uncomfortable, one of the things has shown just how we don't have control over everything. And we can curate our environments and our lives in such a way and yet, we can't control everything. And if you're someone who especially likes to have control, it has probably been extremely disconcerting for you. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and the flesh shall see the salvation of God. Announcing the coming of the sun, the S-O-N, reminds us of who's in charge. 
The worst thing will not be the last thing. All shall be well. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Julian of Norwich, who was a mystic of the Middle Ages, she survived the Black Plague, you know, a pandemic. And she was also living during very turbulent times in the church, a time when wars divided the church and created schisms. You know, when people disagreed. I mean, we don't know what that feels like in either of those situations, like a pandemic or people disagreeing, turbulent times. Well, Julian of Norwich separated herself from the rest of the world, and she wrote about visions that she had of God, and she wrote theological works. She wrote about God's love. Now, it was really popular time, and her time, um, that uh, the popular theology at the time, especially following the Black Plague, was that suffering is a punishment from God and was deserved. So if you got the plague, well, God must be punishing you and you deserve it. And Julian of Norwich taught something different. She wrote about God's love as the greater mystery that God didn't want suffering for the world, but instead loved the world so much that God sent Jesus Christ, God's only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. One of Julian of Norwich's most famous prayers sustains me in times when I feel the most out of control and need to be reminded that there is good and hope. And so our good Lord answered all the questions and doubts which I could raise, saying most comfortably, I make all things well, and I can make all things well, and I shall make all things well, and I will make all things well. All shall be well. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So how do you announce the coming of the sun this Advent season? How do you reimagine your relationship with control? Now, it's not necessarily to go in the opposite direction of how you are normally. It's not to say, ah, just give it all up. Because we all like a certain amount of control, of course. But maybe we loosen our grip just a little bit. There's the serenity prayer, which is popular in recovery groups. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right, 
if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. It's a prayer that's attributed to theologian Reinhold Niebuhr. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to things to the things that I can. Acknowledge what you can control and what you can't. What is yours to hold and what is not? What is God's to handle and what is yours? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Because the sun comes, whether we're ready or not. And the sun, the Messiah, Jesus is born whether we think it's time or not. And our job isn't to control when it happens. Our job is to announce it. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the 